Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny and Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny and Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry, hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. Each week, we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss the backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. And on today's episode, episode 53, we sit down with Brad Killian. Brad and I have known each other for quite some time now, but really enjoyed hearing his story in greater detail and how he found the lighting industry after he quickly realized his initial interest of sports marketing just wasn't the right fit at that time. And as usual, the the, the gold in our episodes is found at the end. In this case, this was the case here as Brad describes what he wants his lasting legacy to be. Really good stuff there. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel and consider downloading this episode and future episodes. This is really the only way that we can track how many people are listening. So if you're out there streaming the episodes, I urge you to consider hitting that download button instead. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it and leave a five-star review. Now, we think you're really going to enjoy this conversation between Brad and I. So let's drop in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today we're sitting down with Brad Killian, who is the Senior Manager of Energy Services with Granger. Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jim. Yeah, I'm glad we carved out some time to to make this happen. And I know you and I have known each other for, for some time now, but for our audience members out there who don't recognize your name, could you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started in the industry? Sure, sure, glad to. Yeah, so... Um... I'll start with um, graduating from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, you know, place that I had started, wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I'd played a lot of sports growing up. So I thought, well, hey, um, you know, something something to do with that is, is probably something I should do. So I had this dream of um, being a general manager for a sports team. So I majored in, in sports management. Uh, fortunately enough, uh, when I got about a year and a half out, I decided that was a pretty narrow major and, and I should probably uh, broaden that a bit, bit. So I did double major in business, but um, still wanted to go into sports management. So, you know, when my time was done at school and started interviewing and, and, and looking for opportunities, uh, it was it was just before the, the Internet era. And um, so I remember sending, sitting down and, and doing letters to every professional sports team out there. So MLB, NFL, you know, all the different major sports team, NHL. Um, And as you might expect, as a recent graduate with no experience, uh, I got little response. I did get um, a response, though, from a basketball team uh, that used to be referred to as the Washington Bullets. Now they're the Washington Wizards. They had to change their name. Um, but they had interest and, uh, they brought me in for an interview for a sales position. So I thought, well, this is, this is great. It's all working out well. Um, what I I came to find out though, is, uh, the position, although it was sales, um, they showed me to where my cubicle was going to be. They showed me my telephone and my phone book. And so my job was, was going to be dialing from the phone book to sell season tickets. Not exactly what I had in mind, but something I was willing to do until I found out they were willing to pay me, I think it was $12,500 to live in D.C. 
to to do this job. So um, I determined that that probably wasn't going to work out well for me. And fortunately enough, another another company it was a lighting company named Alumalex um, that I had also been interviewing with offered me a position, uh, and it, it seemed a little bit better for me at that point in time. Different city, lower cost of living, uh, good training program. Um, but it was a, with this thing lighting, which I didn't really know that much about, but um, decided to get into it, thought, you know, I'll, I'll take part in this training program and, um, you know, learn some things, get some good experience, maybe stay in this for a year or two. And then I'll move back into my sports gig that I had on my mind for most of my life. Um, and then uh, I could fast forward 29 and a half years and I'm still in lighting, uh, still in energy efficiency, if you will. So um, once I got in, I never got out. But that first company, Illumilex, I uh, was with them for about eight years. Um, it was a smaller company. They went through uh, three different acquisitions over that time, became uh, SLI Lighting Solutions there at the end. Um, I got an opportunity with a, uh, that was a lighting services company. I got an opportunity with a manufacturer, Sylvania Lighting, after about eight years at Lumilex and um, moved into national accounts, different sales management uh, positions. Uh, also got the opportunity while there, we acquired our, our largest competitor and um, got the opportunity to, to handle some, some integration as, as part of that acquisition. Um, which I really enjoyed. After there, for about 12 years, uh, Granger came to me. They had made an acquisition of a lighting company and uh, wanted my help uh, integrating that company. And I really enjoyed uh, that stint at Sylvania in the integration process so much that really that's what I think uh, made me make the move over to Granger to handle that. And so uh, that was a company called Alliance Energy Solutions. Um, that we were looking to integrate and did so for a handful of years before moving to a different model, which is the the model we're operating today, which is a model of uh, utilizing a network of partners. And we've expanded that to um, many other types of energy efficiency beyond lighting. So yeah, I certainly, certainly want to get into that. I guess I was, I was curious as you were talking about your career aspirations of getting into the sports industry, I had similar aspirations and then you get a a taste of it. And you're like, ah, maybe this isn't really what I expected. You know, I had a similar situation when I was, you know, while I was in college, cause I you know wanted to go down that career path as well. And then, yeah, once you realize like, ah, oh, this isn't quite as attractive as I thought it was going to be. So, all right. So the lighting industry sucked you in and you haven't been able to leave. So you're at Granger today, you alluded to it. Yeah. I wanted to just expand on that because it, it sounds like you guys are, you know, you and I spoke before this, before we hit record, you guys are getting involved in doing some other energy conservation measures. And maybe too, like, I know a lot of people are going to know who Granger is, right? They're going to associate it with traditional electrical distribution, but maybe talk a little bit about the division that you started with and then what you guys have done, how you've evolved just over the last few years. Yeah. So, so the, the division that we began back about six and a half years ago, at the time we called it Granger Lighting Solutions because we were focusing solely on lighting. And we were fortunate enough to be very successful in the first couple of years to the point where our customers started asking us, well, how else can you help me save energy? You know, what else can you do to give me the type of return that you were able to, to get me on the lighting project? So 
As a result of that, we started adding additional services. So we added uh, HVAC services. We added uh, motor and drive upgrades. And, you know, over those six and a half years, we've added, you know, several other services, um, you know, things such as looking at steam systems, dust collection, uh, compressed air, installing EV charging stations, water conservation. Um, there's 10 total categories that we've added over this time in order to help our customers. And so the way we do that is um, first we formed a team of certified energy managers. And um, that team works with the Granger cell staff that's out there calling on, you know, two and a half million customers across the 50 states. We utilize the expert expertise of our team along with a network of providers that we've put together over the six and a half years. So we now have almost 80 different uh, service providers that are you know, qualified, that, that we've vetted, that are licensed, that are insured, that are part of our program that we can recommend through our sales team to our customers to help them with various types of energy efficiency. And whether it's just you know, one of those that I listed or whether it's you know, any combination of the 10 different categories, you know, we have a way of helping our customers be more efficient. And then as far as like the, the service providers, is there a certain criteria that you guys utilize to evaluate? I mean, your reputation's on the line when you recommend one of them. So are there certain criteria that you guys use to evaluate to make sure, hey, this is a preferred vetted contractor? I mean, what does that process look like? Yeah, there is. There is a there's a long list. I mean, we start with a mutual NDA before our conversation, just to make sure that we can really dig into the company and that they're going to share the information with us and that they know that, um, you know, it's not information that we're going to take out to the public. Um, we then have a pretty lengthy, about a five page questionnaire where we ask all kinds of different questions about, you know, what their capabilities are, what their service abilities are. Um, we, we look for, you know, sample proposals. Um, we get into all their licensing um, we get into their insurance levels, you know, many other things. Um, we typically go out, um, view their facilities, walk their facilities, interview, you know, multiple people with the company. Um, because to your point, we want to make, you know, these are our customers. Um, so this program is for just, um, just Granger customers. We're not out um, seeking customers or, or companies beyond who we already serve. So we want to make sure that when we introduce these partners, that they're going to do a, a quality job and make our customers happy. And that we're going to continue doing business with these customers, continue to sell them the many products that Granger distributes, you know, well after any of these efficiency projects are complete. And aside from lighting, what would you say is like maybe the second or third most requested energy conservation measure? that you guys are seeing right now? Yeah, second is easily HVAC. We've really built out our HVAC offer uh, in many different directions. We started with, um, with simply HVAC, what we call it, HVAC optimization. So we're looking at existing systems and how they can be upgraded to be more efficient than maybe they are today. Uh, we still certainly do that. Um, but we have programs now where we're installing VFDs on air handler units, for example. Um, where we do preventative maintenance, where we do repairs, where we do filter changeouts. Uh, and then, you know, this past year with, with the pandemic, uh, one service that we added within HVAC is what we call disinfection services. 
and it's using a new technology, a technology called um, needlepoint bipolar ionization, um, which helps, which is installed within um, air conditioning systems and helps facilities, you know, control odors, save energy, but also, um, you know, deactivate or inactivate the pathogens, um, you know, the COVID-19 virus and several others. Now, is that some? This is like the second or third time I've heard bipolar ionization on this this podcast. So there's something here. Now, is this something where that technology has been around for a while and now it's just coming to the forefront because of COVID, or is it something yeah. that's newly been developed? No, it's been it's been around for a yeah. while. Um, and you know, the play prior to the pandemic was um, simply indoor air quality. Yeah, and that's that's still the play. Um, but certainly because of all that we've been through over the last you know, year, year and a half, um, it's just become that much more relevant. And um, you know, many of our customers, especially within the government vertical, education, um, healthcare, hospitality, um, are you know, more and more interested uh, and more interested, obviously, today than ever before in the quality of air within their space. And there's, you know, there's multiple ways to handle that. Within kind of our lighting category, we also help our customers utilizing ultraviolet light, UVC or far UVC technology um, to help inactivate the virus. Um, but this HVAC, this needlepoint bipolar ionization, just gives us you know kind of another arrow in our quiver, if you will, another way to help our customers be more comfortable with their employees and customers being in their space. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect way to transition to the, the next part of the show here. I was curious, Brad, as you look out in the future, call it 5, 10, 15 years from now, where do you see the industry heading, either from a technology standpoint, service standpoint, and where do you see Granger Energy Services fitting into that future? Yeah, so we've been preparing for that future, and that's that's where we've gotten to, you know, these, these 10 categories that I mentioned, um, you know, two that we just added uh, this year is a solar panel installation and battery storage offering, which we're being requested more and more. Um, another is uh, thermal blankets on steam systems to you know hold in the heat. Um, both of which you know very good returns. Um, but those are our two newest services. As far as um, the industry in general, um, what we're seeing, what we're hearing more and more is all about sustainability. And we're hearing less about uh, customers that want to do that lighting retrofit or that you know dust collection upgrade. Uh, more of our customers are looking more large scale at their total facility or facilities and all the different things they can do. Um, you know, if you look at the news, you know, almost every day you hear about some company pledging to be net zero by a certain year or. Um, reducing their greenhouse gases and uh, carbon reduction and, um, you know, wanting to be more sustainable and making all of these pledges. And we're certainly seeing it through many of our national accounts and even a lot of our, our local customers now. So that's, you know, that's the reason behind also why we've built out these various categories. Um, we want to be able to say yes to our customers you know, whether it's whether it's lighting, whether it's motors, whether it's electric vehicle charging stations and Granger, you know, we're known for our products and distributing industrial products. And a lot of our products help our customers be more sustainable, whether they're recyclable, made of recyclable materials or just the types of products that are used. 
So us being able to you know, have these services and pair them with the technologies available to you know, our customers and be able to distribute and supply those materials along with our partners who are you know, experts within the service really helps us say yes to our customers and helps us um, you know, attack that sustainability initiative that most of them now have. Yeah, it sounds like you're describing, or at least another term we've heard here on the show is ESG, environmental, social, and governance, right? Kind of like under that broad umbrella, exactly. it sounds like you're, you're hitting on there. So yes. all right, very good. It makes sense. So Brad, what I wanted to do here was transition to the last part of the show and ask you the same four questions that I asked to, to every guest. And I wanted to lead off here and ask you, what are your daily non-negotiables? So I have three as I've thought about this, um, you know, and, and, and the first one um, starts with sleep. Um, you know, I've always wanted to be a morning person. I've always wanted to be uh, one of these people that uh, could operate on, you know, three, four or five hours of sleep. But that's just not me. Um, it takes me, you know, the full eight, maybe nine hours of sleep. And I've learned that over time that if I don't get that, I don't function properly. So the first thing I do is I, I make sure that I get uh, the proper amount of sleep each and every night. And when I do that, I can operate uh, as I need to. The other thing is, um, for me, I do an activity every day, a physical activity. You know, sometimes it may be a, a 20 or 30 minute run. Uh, sometimes it may be something, um, you know, much more time consuming. Sometimes it may be, you know, around a golf, something more fun. Um, but I find that, um, you know, I need to have, want to have, uh, have to have some amount of activity on a daily basis. And then the last thing, you know, for me um, is I try to make progress every day in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, I certainly believe and know that, you know, we all have a, a finite amount of days on this earth. And so, you know, the way I look at each and every one is that, um, you know, I look to myself to uh, to make some progress, to make sure that whatever it is, um, you know, whether it's a Saturday and I needed to get the yard work done or whether it's, you know, a work day and I've got an assignment done or, or a new strategy I'm putting in place. Uh, I want to, when I, when I go down for that uh, eight hours of sleep that night, I want to feel like I, I made progress and I used every other day. No, I love that. Now this next question I'm really curious about. So the advice that you would give to your 22 year old self, would you say, Hey, stay out of the sports industry? <laughs> what, what, what advice would you give? That would probably be a good one. But, um, you know, when I when I think of this, I think of, um, you know, one way I've tried to live my life and and many times that I've failed. But but I try to rebalance on a regular basis and um, and I try to lead a balanced life. And um, there was a book that I read many years ago by an author um, named William Danforth named I dare you. And, and the concept is that there are you know four things that you should aspire to um, live to on a daily basis. And, um, you know, in simple form, that's your body, your brain, your heart and your soul. Um, and then and then I go back a few years ago, um, another author, Joseph Maroon, Dr. Joseph Maroon, I uh, read a book called Square One, and he took that same concept and and just kind of modernized it. Um, so he he looks at you know you should have a square and an equal a square with equal sides, and you know one side is the physical you know do something physical take care of your body. Uh, another side 
is is work. You know, work's a big part of our lives. Make sure that um, you know you put the time and effort into you know what you do. Um, and then another is relationships. Relationships certainly important in life, whether it's your family or friends. You need to spend time on that. And then you know the fourth is is the spiritual. And um, you know an interesting exercise is to draw your square. How much time and effort do you spend on each one? And if you drew the lines of each side of the square, um, you know, would it form a square? What kind of object would it perform? So can't always balance those things. But, you know, my advice is as best you can uh, balance and rebalance on a daily basis across those four things. Yeah, I wrote both of those books down. As you could tell, I know our, our audience can't see my backdrop, but I'm a big time reader. So uh, enjoy a good book. So I uh, have to look into both of those. All right, last, uh, our next thing here, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? So for me, it's, um, it's simply success. Um, you know, it's, it's changed over the years, whether that's been my personal success, and that probably even changes on a daily basis. You know, more and more, um, you know, what drives me is the success of, um, of my team, of the people that I work, you know, with and for. I uh, love to see them succeed, but you know, that's why we get up every day is to accomplish things and to succeed. So, um, you know, sometimes it, it's work success, sometimes it, it's family and other things. You know, I, I'm a competitive person and, and driven by success. So that's an easy one for me. Yeah. Last question here. What do you want your lasting legacy to be? So, you know, on this one, if, if we're talking about, you know, more from a work standpoint, I guess I would simply want it to be effort maybe honesty and integrity. Um, you know, all those things are important to me. You know, I'm not the smartest guy at work, but um, I like to think that I put in as much effort as anyone else and I'm not going to cut corners, you know, to get there. So, um, so, so effort, honesty and integrity. And then, you know, more from a personal standpoint, the, the thing that's become more important to me than anything else is, um, is my faith and to be a great father. Um, you know, I brought these, these two little girls into the world. And so I feel like I, you know, owe it to them to be the best person I can for them. And if, um, if they're happy with, with what I've done, then I feel like I've led a good life. Uh, I love that. I got, uh, two little ones of my own. So, um, that's, yeah, uh, that's very, very, uh, relevant here. So, well, Brad, I think that's a perfect way to, uh, to wrap up the show. Appreciate your time. And, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jim. Enjoyed it. All right. All right, there you have it. Episode 53 with Brad Killian. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. Now, we hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And one last thing, if you have any future guests in mind from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.